And then you can go ahead and open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 1. We're going to be in verses 18 through 25 this morning. If you don't have a Bible, there should be one in the chair in front of you. It's on page 1026 of the Bible there. Today is the glorious conclusion to our series for December as we've been looking at the cast of Christmas. We've been looking at some of the people that are central to Christmas, what we can learn from them. We started three weeks ago by looking at the prophets. Preparation and expectation. We looked at the many prophecies that, um, that pointed to the birth of Christ. The likelihood of any one person fulfilling just eight would have, would have been one in 100 quadrillion. And, and Jesus ultimately fulfilled over 300 in his life. The prophets were used by God to prepare people for the coming Messiah and to fill them with expectation for it. And we looked at Mary, faith and focus. Mary was just a, an ordinary girl from a, an unlikely little town, marrying a, a blue-collar carpenter named Joseph, preparing to live a, a simple life in a simple little town. And the mighty angel Gabriel appears and announces the impossible. Mary, this simple virgin girl is, is from this little town, is, is going to conceive. To be, she will become pregnant with the Son of God. For whatever reason, God had chosen her to bring salvation into the world. And God does a work in Mary before he, he does one through her. An important lesson that it doesn't matter who you are or where you come from, God can use you for an amazing thing for amazing things. Nothing is impossible for him to do in and through you. Mary's Christmas is, is proof of that for us. Now last week we looked at the shepherds, hope and joy. These, these simple, smelly men were attentively working in the fields, watching their sheep, watching over the sheep that would be used for the temple sacrifices. When an angel of the, the Lord appeared before them and, and glory shone all around them and, and said, Fear not, for behold, I bring you great news. That will be for all the people. For unto you born this day in the city of David is a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. The most important birth announcement ever is delivered to these simple men that were just busy watching their flock by night. You want to experience the Lord in your life. You need to pay attention. Are you watching for Him? Or have you fallen asleep? God chose to use these watchful shepherds to, to spread the good news that hope and joy had come. Now today is a special and an exciting day. Today on, on Christmas Eve, we come to the most important cast member of all. Christ, the newborn King which is especially fitting as we, as we prepare to celebrate his birth tomorrow. If you really want to understand Christmas, you must get to know who Christ is and what he came to do. And that's the focus of our morning together today. Matthew's Gospel begins with an, an extended genealogy of Jesus to show his humanity. Then the narrative switches in, in, in verse 18 through 25 and that part describes his deity. So join with me as we read Matthew 1, 18-25. Again, page 1026 of the Pew Bible there. 
Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord has spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. As I said, if you really want to understand Christmas, you must understand who Christ is and, and what he came to do. It wasn't just to be born in a manger. It's found in the two names given to us in this birth announcement. And so we're going to focus on those two verses, verse 21 and 23, where we're given those two names this morning. You know that there's over 200 names given for Jesus in the Bible. In the Bible times, names had great importance. You weren't just named after your dad or your grandpa or, or your uncle. You weren't just given a name after them. They didn't just distinguish or label a person either. They revealed and they were, they were given because they revealed the very nature of an individual. In the Old Testament, the term for name means individual mark. And it, communica it communicated a distinguishing characteristic of a person. In the New Testament, the word for name comes from a verb meaning to know, to know. To know the name of Jesus means to personally know his personality. And Jesus is known by many names. We have plaques and posters and bookmarks and all kinds of things that list many of his names for us. Here are just a few. Advocate, Lamb of God, Lord of Lords, King of Kings, Teacher, Man of Sorrows, Alpha and Omega. The day spring, anchor, judge, bread of life, the word, wonderful counselor, mighty God, prince of peace, Emmanuel, Savior, Jesus. These last two names are the ones that, I, that are found in our passes, and those are the two that I want to focus on uh, and examine their profound meaning for us this morning. What they tell us about Christmas, who he is, and, and what he came to do. The, the passage itself defines them for us. So let's, let's take a little closer look. We're going to go in reverse order, though. We're going to look at Emmanuel first. Listen to verses 22 through 23 again. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord has spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now, the details surrounding the birth of, of Jesus were predicted by the prophets, fulfilling prophecies that were made hundreds of years before. We talked about that three weeks ago. This particular quote is from Isaiah 7.14. The word behold is meant to, to grab our attention. It means, listen up, pay attention. I have something very important to tell you. The definitive article, the, indicates that God had one specific virgin named Mary in mind when he had chosen in advance to become pregnant by the Holy Spirit. 
The virgin will conceive and bear a son. This shows the humanity of Jesus. But the next phrase shows his deity and shall call his name Emmanuel. I said names have meaning, so let's break down this name of Christ a little bit. Emmanuel. Im, the Im in Emmanuel means with. And the Anu means us. And the L means the mighty creator God. So if you put this all together, this name means the strong God with us. Or, or more literally, the with us God. Here is the point of the name Emmanuel. God is not a distant deity. He is not a distant deity. He is with us. When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, death entered the world. The separation took place between the Creator and His creation. A physical separation, a, a spiritual separation. God originally had led His people as a pillar of fire and smoke in the wilderness. But their, their continual disobedience caused Him to, to withdraw His very presence from them. And then things on earth just continued to deteriorate. When Isaiah looked all around at what was happening in the world around him, it caused him to cry out in Isaiah 64, Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down. The idea of rend the heavens is to, to break down the door, to come and rescue us. We look around. We say, see the chaos of our world too. Oh God, that you would come and rend the heavens and come down. Break down the door of heaven between heaven and earth and, and come rescue us. Help us, Lord. Don't you, don't you cry that out sometimes? No, I do. I look around. After hundreds of years of God's presence being absent, Jesus came in a manger. Emmanuel. God with us. The infinite became an infant. The Creator walked among His creation. Jesus picked up, his, picked up humanity and, and lived among a fallen people. Hebrews 2, 14-17. Hebrews 2, 14-17. Because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the Son also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could He die, and only by dying could He break the power of the devil who had the power of death and deliver all those who... Th who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. For surely it is not angels that he helps, but he helps the offspring of Abraham. Who are the offspring of Abraham? We are the offspring of Abraham. Therefore he had to be made like his brothers in every respect so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. Here's, here's the, the beauty of all of that. He had to be made like his brothers. He had to be made like us because he came to rescue flesh and blood. So he had to become flesh and blood. Because of that, Hebrews 4.15, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. He came, he took on flesh, he walked among us, he walked among this, this fallen world. He understands. He understands who we are and, and what we go through. 
He, he put on humanity so he could identify with us. He, he came and he confronted the hypocritical Pharisees. He understands the, the evil that's in the world, the pressures, the oppression that people face. He ministered to the, to the outcast and, and the downtrodden. He knows the suffering of people. He was tempted in every way. And he was on, on the mountain that Satan himself tempted him with, with everything. Give you all of this, all of this, if you just bow to me. He knows the temptations that we face. He knows the struggles that we endure. He walked among us so he can empathize with us. And here is a glorious part of that. Now he sits at the right hand of the Father and he makes intercession for us. Yes, Father, this is, this is a common struggle for them. They all face this. Be merciful to them. Father, give them grace in this moment. The Spirit is willing, but, but the flesh is weak. It's what Jesus does on our behalf as our advocate. We have a faithful high priest that, that makes intercession for us. Because he's Emmanuel, he understands us. He, he empathizes with us. He bears with us in our weaknesses and in our pitiful state. No matter what you are going through at this moment, he understands. No matter the, the hurt, the fear, the loneliness, the temptation, the guilt, the shame, he knows. He understands. Are you missing someone this holiday season? Is there going to be an empty chair around your table? He understands that too. Jesus' friend Lazarus died, and Jesus wept. Jesus weeps with you too. Are you, are you struggling with the hurt of, of the betrayal of somebody? One of Jesus' disciples sold him out for 30 pieces of silver. The others abandoned him and denied even knowing him. Jesus understands. Are you caught in a sin and, and you don't know how to break free? 1 Corinthians 10, 13, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and just. He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the, intent, with the temptation, he will also provide a way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Jesus, Emmanuel, understands. He was tempted, too. And he cried out to the Father. He leaned on the Father. And he responded with God's word. When Satan himself tempted him, what was his response? He responded with the word of God. Because it's powerful. He knows. He understands. We're given God's word for a reason. We need it. He understands when you're caught in a sin and, and when, what you need to break free of it and how to stand firm against it. Do you feel like an outsider, like you don't belong? Jesus came for those that the world looked down upon. Do you feel like you don't measure up and you're not worthy? And no one is. Jesus said in Luke 5.32, I have not come to call the righteous but sinners to repentance. He came for those that are unworthy. 
because he understands and, and empathizes with us as our, as our faithful high priest. Hebrews 4.16, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us time of need. We have that because Jesus is Emmanuel. He is with us. He understands us. He understands the struggles and the, and the temptations and the things that we go through. Because of that, we can, we can approach the throne of grace with confidence. Because he understands. When we come to him, he's not going to say, what are you talking about? How dare you? Get away from me. No, he says, come. I know, I, I understand. I understand. It doesn't make it right, but I understand your flesh is weak. I understand the evil of your day. I understand. Come, receive grace. Receive mercy. As Emmanuel, he knows and he understands us. He came to help us amid this life in this fallen world, to advocate for us, to strengthen us, to guide us, and to protect us. For all who receive that precious gift of Emmanuel, the strong God is with us, the with us God. And he will never leave you nor forsake you, he said. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Because God is with us, he bears with us. That's the message of the name. The presence of Jesus is with us here. That is the glorious thing about Christmas that we celebrate. Jesus came, Emmanuel, be with us so that he could empathize with us in our need and our struggles. Next, the name Jesus. Because his name is Jesus, he is for us and he forgives us. Let's look again at verse 21. She will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people. Jesus or Yasus in the Greek is a form of a Hebrew name that is translated Joshua or Yahshua. The full name is Jehoshua, which means Jehovah saves. Jehovah saves. By naming the baby Jesus, God is saying his redemption had come. He would save people through this baby, through this child. Later in Luke 2.30, when Joseph and Mary and Jesus brought Jesus to the temple, a man named Simeon walked up to them, came up to them, and, and said about Jesus, for my eyes have seen your salvation. And he cried out to, to the Lord God when he saw Jesus. He knew, he recognized who this child was. As, he left a, as they left, a, a widow named Anna spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Israel. That's how she described this child, Jesus. Jesus, the long-awaited and promised Messiah the prophets had spoken about. Because the mission of Jesus was to save people from their sins. The Savior, Jesus, Jesus came to set us free from sin and to deliver us from the dominion of the devil. I mentioned this a couple weeks ago. That tattoo that my dad had that he hated so much. It said, born to die hated that tattoo. No one is more fitting to wear that than Jesus because that is precisely what he was born to do. 
He was born to die. That is why He came. Because we're sinners, we need a Savior. Sin is, sin is, is basically missing the mark of God, His standard. The Bible says all of us have sinned, and all of us deserve punishment, judgment from God. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Jared Wilson, the, the assistant professor of pastoral ministries at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, said this, all you have to do to qualify for the gospel is to be a sinner. We are born pre-qualified. The bar is set so low. The only way to miss out is to think yourself above it. I came across this picture. Savannah, you want to? That slide came across this picture as I was shopping online. A mug with Santa with the words on it, you're all naughty. Every one of you are on the naughty list. Sorry to break it to you. You're all on the naughty list. What does it say in the bottom? Romans 3, 10 through 12. None is righteous. No, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good. Not even one. You're all on the naughty list. Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let me see if I can explain the, the crux of Christmas. Through Adam and Eve in the garden, sin entered the world. We are all descendants of that original sin. It's part of our nature. We're born with it. You only have to look at an infant to know that's a sinner. You're born with it. And we all continue to sin. And we deserve eternal punishment for that sin. But by the virgin birth, Jesus entered the world guiltless of the sin of Adam. Since he was born of Mary, he is truly human, but because he's conceived by the Holy Spirit, he is free from that original sin. Here's a, a bit of a paradox with Jesus. Jesus is both the son of Mary and the son of God. He's, he's both the ordinary and as Emmanuel, he's the extraordinary. He is Son and He is Savior. He is holy and He is human. He is fully God and He is fully man. He is God with us and He is God for us. He forbears and He forgives. Jesus came to, to die in our place as the full and final, final sacrifice for our sins. Emmanuel took on flesh. He lived the perfect life and then He died as a sacrifice for our sins on the cross. He faced the full fury of God's wrath in our place. In exchange, when we believe, we receive His righteousness. His substitutionary death demonstrated the Father's love and satisfied His justice, resulting in the salvation of all who repent and receive Him by faith. That is what Christmas is about. And this wonderful gift is available to everyone free of charge. That is the amazing thing about Christmas. All of that is for free. You don't have to earn it, but you can earn it. 
When you feel alone, remember Emmanuel is with you as one who forbears. He will hang on to you. When you feel lost, remember that Jesus is is for you as one who forgives. And He hung on the cross for you. The cradle, we see that God is with us. The cross, we see that He is for us. And when He returns, He'll come to get us. That is the amazing hope and joy of Christmas. Amen? The Savior came into this world. Sadly, He was turned away. John 1, 10-11. John 1, 10-11. He was in the world, and the world was made through Him. Yet the world did not know Him. He came to His own, and His own people did not receive Him. The world did not receive Him. So they didn't recognize Him. They didn't recognize Him because they didn't want to recognize Him. They were unwilling to to relinquish control over their lives. Unwilling to admit their sinfulness. So they rejected Him. How about you? How about you? What's keeping you from receiving Christ right now? Don't wait to clean up your life. Because you'll never be clean enough. You don't clean yourself up to come to the cross. You come to the cross to get cleaned up. It's been said salvation is not something we achieve, but something we receive. Jonathan Edwards says, you contribute nothing to your salvation except the sin that made it necessary. Now the very next verse in John chapter 10 tells us how to become a member of God's family. Yet to all who received Him, to those who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God. All who would receive, who would believe in His name. It's all you have to do. Believe upon His name. Accept that gift. That's how you become a member of of, of God's family. Christ came to rule over the universe and and to reign in our hearts. John Newton, who wrote Amazing Grace, said this shortly before he died. My memory is nearly gone, but I remember two things. That I am a great sinner and that Christ is a great Savior. Joseph and Mary were turned away from every door that first Christmas. Jesus was born in a a lowly stable with a manger for a bed because no room could be found for Him then. Savior is still looking for room today. He is still looking for room today. Our world seems too crowded for Him just as it was in the first century. Then, the only spot found for Him was on a cross. The question is, 
Do you have room for Him? Do you have room for Him? Hang on Christ this Christmas by, by opening the door to your heart to Him right now. Are you ready to prepare Him room right now? Have you ever, have you ever done that? Do that today. Prepare Him room. Jesus is looking for room today. He was rejected then. Don't reject Him today. Have you received Him in the past? But maybe, maybe you're, you're, you're allowing other things to crowd Him out. Prepare Him room. Let Him reign in your life. Don't delay. Commit yourself to Christ today. Accept that gift of Emmanuel and Jesus. The reason that we, we celebrate is God with, is with us. Came to save us. Hope and joy have come. Amen? It's what we have to celebrate. One of the reasons I enjoy the classic hymns so much is they, when we sing them is, is because how theological they are. I mean, there's some, there's some good Christian songs, and we, we sing some of them. There's a lot of them that aren't very good. That's a whole other thing. But the classic hymns, they're so theological, so doctrinally sound. Some of my favorites that are, are relevant to today's celebration. Great is thy faithfulness. Wonderful song. Wonderful hymn. Pardon for sin and a peace that endureth. Thine own dear presence to cheer, to guide. Strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. Blessings all mine and 10,000 beside. It's Emmanuel. That is Emmanuel. God with us. Thine own dear presence to cheer, to guide. When you accept that gift, when you accept that gift of, of Emmanuel and Jesus, you receive Emmanuel, you receive God's very presence in you. Holy Spirit indwells you. Jesus had to, had to come as Emmanuel before he could become Savior, before he could become Jesus. He had to come here so that you could receive him. Once you receive him as Savior, as Jesus, then he can become your Emmanuel. Then he can indwell you. Thine own dear presence to cheer, to guide. It's a great thing for us to celebrate that we have Emmanuel, God's very presence. The things that you go through in life. I know I've talked to many of you. And you go, how do those that don't know the Lord, how do they get through this? We say that because we have the Lord. We have His presence. We have hope through Him. Right? Amen? That's Emmanuel. God is with us in the midst of all of those great difficulties of life. He understands as our faithful high priest. He walked among us. He knows our struggles. 
knows all of those things, is here to cheer, to guide Emmanuel. And hark, the herald angel sings, Glory to the newborn King, peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. That's Jesus. That's the Savior. Jesus. Jehovah saves. That's, I mean, that is glorious news. If that doesn't fill you with joy, and I don't know, I don't know what can. If that doesn't make you scream out of your chair with excitement that Jesus came to save you, God sent his own son to live among this fallen world to take on your debt, your sin. Your sin. The things that you personally did and will do. Jesus hung on the cross and paid the debt for that to save you from eternal punishment that you deserve, to give you everlasting eternal life with the Father, to be reconciled. Jesus, Jehovah saves. Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus, Jehovah saves. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that is for all the people. For unto you is born this, this day in the city of David. A Savior is Christ the Lord. That is indeed good news. That is for all the people. Amen? Aren't you filled with hope and joy over what Jesus did for you? What Christmas is for? God came into the world. He sent His Son. I don't know. I look and I don't see a lot of joy out there right now. Are you excited for Christmas and what Jesus did for you? Amen? Amen. We need to be excited for what Christ has done, for what God has done for us. This is, the most, this is the most stupendous thing that could ever happen in your life. And if that doesn't fill you with hope and joy, then I don't know, you might as well just get in your car and go home. I don't know. Hope and joy has come. We need to be excited. We need to praise God for what He has done. We need to give Him glory. We need to be excited. And we need to be like those shepherds who went and they told everyone of what had happened and what had been told to them. Now those shepherds, smelly, stinky, not very well liked, not well trusted, they didn't care. They had encountered the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And they were going to tell the world, hope and joy has come. And people believed them because they weren't supposed to know things like that. But they were personally touched. They had personally experienced God. Have you personally experienced God? Have you? Have you? Huh? You need to go tell. 
You need to go tell it on the mountain. We're going to close with that song. Go tell it on the mountain because that's what we should do. When you know the hope and the joy that is Emmanuel, who is Jesus, how could you not but go and tell everyone hope and joy has come? Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, we come before you. What a day we have to celebrate. Christmas is the most important thing that has ever happened to us. The life of of the world, of any person, whether they choose to accept the gift or not, it is the greatest opportunity that they have ever known, could ever know. That you would send your son into this world to, to walk among us. How many kings lay down their thrones How many fathers given their sons? Only one. Only one. Lord Jesus, we we thank you that you came, that you loved us enough to come, to put on humanity, to put on flesh, to walk among your fallen creation, to be tempted, to endure all that you had to endure so that you could be made like your brothers. So that you could become our faithful high priest, so that you could empathize with our struggles. And you are Jesus. You are Savior who took on my guilt and my shame, the guilt and the shame of of every person that puts their trust in you. You paid the price on the cross of Calvary so that we could be reconciled to the Father, that we could have the hope of eternal life. And all of that started when you came as a baby in a manger. The world didn't find room for you then, but I pray that that they would find room today. That if there's Anyone here that has not done that, that they would do that today before they leave, that they would open the door of their heart to you, that they would receive you as Jesus, Savior, that you could become their Emmanuel. May those of us that have encountered you and that hope and joy, may we go tell everyone that we know that hope and joy has come into the world. Pray that we would do this For your glory, in the name of Jesus, our Lord, our Savior, our Emmanuel. Amen.